Well, good morning. My name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the administrative pastor here at Church in the Valley, and I'm excited that you all are here uh, with us this morning. Today we are wrapping up just a, a two-part message series. We're, we're taking a look at uh, trusting and obeying the Lord um, and, and what that uh, means for us in just our everyday life. Um, last week we uh, looked at uh, how to have a happy new year. Um, and as we looked at that, it, it turns out that one of the keys to a happy new year um, is trusting and obeying the Lord. So we looked at that uh, last week. Um, we we all don't know what the future holds for us. We um, might think we have a, a great plan for 2018. We've got some goals set out. Um, but there's just some factors that are going to be out of our control. Um, and, but, but God has taken care of the worst possible uh, thing that can happen to any of us. Um, that is an eternal separation from him. God's taken care of that for us. God sent his son Jesus um, down to earth. He lived a perfect life and he died on the cross for our sins. And when he died, that, that made a way for us to have a relationship with God. God wants us to trust him, to trust, to find security um, in him. That's what we talked about last week. And we can trust a God who has sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. So he wants us to to trust him with with whatever happens um, in 2018. Last week, um, we also took a look at, at how trust is just, it's more than just words. Um, trust, it, we can't simply say, oh, I, I trust in this and then go about living our lives a different way. That's not real trust. Take a look at this picture of the longest pedestrian suspension bridge in the world. This is in Randa, Switzerland. Now you, you take a look at this picture. That looks pretty, pretty sturdy right there. I, I think I would want to walk across that bridge. Because it looks, it looks pretty sturdy, sturdy. Now take a look at this next picture. See that rope-looking thing? That's the same bridge. I'm not so sure I, I want to you know, cross that bridge now. Um, and then take a look at this picture. So there's that same bridge from, from below. You see some people crossing over um, the bridge there. Now I'm guessing after the first picture... Picture. I'm guessing, you know, there's probably several people that would want to walk across that bridge. But after you see the next two, you start to to realize that it's not just a, a leisurely stroll that you're going across the bridge. That's that's pretty high up there. Real trust in God is not just saying, yeah, I trust to, to walk across the, the bridge. Um, real trust in God is when you leave that solid ground and you're on you're walking on that bridge. That's when you really are trusting in the bridge. And trusting in God is when you, you step out to do what the Bible says, even though you're not sure the outcome, what's going to happen. That's real trust in God. And, and he wants us to trust him that way. Um, we see this further in James 1, through 25. Um, a blessed life, it flows out of hearing and doing God's word. Um, you, there's a handout in your program. You might want to follow along um, with the, the handout. But a blessed life, it flows out of hearing and doing God's word. Take a look at James 1, 22 through 25 with me. 
But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forget what, forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Now there's a lot to take in in those four verses right there. Um, but what you see is God wants us to hear and do what he says, because that's the, the key to uh, somebody being blessed while they're doing God's will. They're doing what God wants us to do. God's the one who created the world, and he's got the, the best idea of how to live the best way possible in the world. He's given us the resources, the Bible, um, to live the best life that we can live on earth. Take a look again at, at verses 22, 23 and 24. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away at once, and forgets what he was like. Mirrors, they're, they're important. Mirrors, are, they're everywhere. They're in bathrooms, wherever we go. We have a lot of mirrors at our houses. Um, last year for Christmas, my wife Gina, she got a, a mirror. It's a full-length mirror. And you know what? It's, it's helpful to have a mirror where you can see, you know, your whole outfit, um, what, what you're wearing that day. I should use it more, um, especially this week. I got to work and there was spit up on my pants. I forgot to check that out. So, um, but when used properly, you can look at a mirror and you can make adjustments uh, on your appearance and what you see. My, my daughter, Ellie, um, is a good example uh, of this. Whenever she takes a shower, I, I help her dry her hair um, with the towel. She immediately wants to run to the mirror to see what her hair looks like. And she gets to the mirror and she goes, <laughs> and she laughs. She thinks it's hilarious. But then she goes, next step, she goes and gets the comb. And she, she fixes her hair because she realizes I don't, I, you know, it's funny to me, but I want to look good outside of this room right here. That's what this verse is, is talking about. This verse is saying that the Bible, it's a spiritual mirror for us. It's, it's a mirror that shows us what the perfect law says. And so just like we, we look at a mirror to, to fix our physical appearance, we can look at the Bible and we can, we can take a look at it and it's going to show us some spiritual blemishes that we need to fix. The, the Bible is just like looking at a mirror for our physical appearance because, like it talks about a little later on, it's the perfect law. This shows us how to live a perfect life and none of us have ever have done that. We've all chosen to go our own way, to, to sin. And so when we look at the Bible and we look at it, it mirrors to us perfection. It shows us what, what, it look, what a perfect life looks like. And so we can look at it and we can see, oh, wow, I, I was harsh with my kids this week. I, I need to fix that. Or, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really um, following well at work. Or I'm not really working as hard as I need to in this area. Or 
whatever it might be, the Bible is going to reflect to us. It's going to give us instructions for how to live and how to live in a way that, that's going to produce the best life for us. person is blessed in their doing. Take a look at, at verse 25 again. It says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. We will be blessed as we do God's word. But first, we, we must hear before we know what to do. Hearing, it, it's, that's our spiritual mirror. So how, how do you hold the mirror up to your face? How do, how do we do that so we can get a look at, at what needs to, to change, so we can see the, the, the spiritual lettuce in our teeth that needs to be taken out? How do we do that? Well, we can do this in, in a lot of different, different ways. Um, hearing messages on Sundays away or spending time with other people who have put their trust in God, who have chosen to, to follow him and are a little bit ahead of us or at the same place talking to them. That can give us some good ideas um, as well. But one of the most important ways is just spending time with God daily. Jesus modeled this for us in Mark 1:35. says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus modeled spending time with God for us. He went out and he did it. He took the time out of his day to spend time with God. That's what we need to do as well. On the back of your handout um, in the program, there, there's a uh, there's a more words on the back of your handout. Um, it's like a little extra sheet. Um, and it says, my, my appointment um, with God. This shows how in just seven minutes, you can spend some intentional quality time praying, reading, and applying uh, God's word to your life. Um, it can be longer than seven minutes if you have time. Um, but that, that's just it laid out for you. Now, some of you have probably seen this before. Um, you've probably... Um, scenes, you know, spending time with God uh, laid out this way before. Um, but it's always important to go back to the fundamentals of the Christian life. And this is one of those fundamentals. Every spring, baseball teams, they go to spring training. And the first thing they do, they, they work on the fundamentals before they get to the more advanced things to get ready for the season. So um, I want to walk through this just real quick with you all. Um, but my appointment with God. So first uh, thing that's helpful to do is just pray. Spend a minute praying. Um, just talking to God. Clearing your mind. Praying through the day and your concerns. That can really help you to focus when you get to where you're reading. Um, and it's recognizing God's in control. He can help you through the day. So just talk to God. Pray. Clear your mind. Another thing, ask God for insight as you're reading. God it's God's word. He can give you insight into what you're reading, insight into your own uh, life and what, what needs to change. And then set yourself to obey God, just like we looked at. Don't just be hearers of the word, but be doers of, of God's word. So before you even know what God's asking you to do, set your heart and your mind on, I'm going to obey God and what, what he's telling me to do as I read. And then read. Spend time. 
If you're doing the seven-minute plan, spend four minutes reading. Read through a passage once. Um, I'd recommend getting a notebook. You can take notes while you're, um, while you're reading the Bible. That, that'll help you to remember what God's uh, telling you, what he's speaking uh, to you through the, the Bible. Um, if you're wondering a good place to start, the book of John is a good place to start. Um, if you're wondering where to, to start reading. Um, and then apply. Spend a couple minutes thinking through, how am I going to apply what God's telling me through his word right now? Make a bridge from the Bible passage to your life today by asking some questions. Now, these are some, some good questions to ask. It's, it's kind of fun because it spells out space pets. Um, so if you're wanting to, a way to remember it, um, space pets, if you can remember that, um, that's kind of fun. Um, but here's some, some questions to ask. Is there a sin to confess in what I just read? Maybe you're reading and you think, oh, I've been doing what it's telling us not to do. I need to ask God's forgiveness for that, or I need to go ask somebody's forgiveness. So that's a question to ask. Is there a promise to claim? Is there a promise in the scriptures, that, the Bible, that you want to claim? Is there an attitude to change? Have I just been having the wrong attitude on something? Is there a command to obey? Is there an example to follow? Is there a prayer to pray back to God? Sometimes you're reading and there's a prayer and and you want to pray it back to God. Is there an error to avoid? It's preventative right there. If you find something that was an error, um, something that's sin and you haven't done it yet, well, then don't do it. (laughs) It's a preventative measure that helps. Um, And then uh, a truth to believe. Is there a truth? That you need to shift your focus, uh, shift your thinking and believe. Um, is there something to, to praise or thank God for? And then the why is in this, uh, my appointment with God is yield. Do God's will for your life. Take to heart what he said to you. So it's just, just do it. We must continue to, to hold the mirror up to, to our face. And then we need to do what it says. We can't just hold the mirror up and think we're good. But we need to hold the mirror up, apply it to our life, and do, it, do what it says. It won't make any difference in our life if we're just reading and getting more knowledge and not actually applying and doing what it says to our lives. So as we start out the year, um, I thought it would be encouraging to hear from a, a couple people, and they're coming up right now, uh, Caleb Collins and Val Rangel. Um, I thought it would be in, encouraging to hear what are some ways that God has asked them to trust him and obey this morning. Um, they give us some just real, uh, real-life stories um, that we can hear from. Um, and I, I think it will be really encouraging um, to you all as you, as you hear them. So let me get this stuff out of the way here. Um, hey guys, hey. <laughs> welcome up here. Um, could you guys just introduce yourselves uh, to everybody? Yes. Hi, I'm Caleb Collins. Um, my wife and I moved here from Texas three and a half years ago. Um, I'm currently a fifth grade teacher and we have three very young and wonderful kids, three and a half, two and a half and five months old. <laughs> Hello, I'm Valerie Rangel, and I um, live in Chino, and I am an account manager at Frida's. It's a produce company, and um, that's it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. 
Um, I asked them to, to just share a couple questions. I'll ask them the questions they can share um, with you all. So what is a way that, that you had to choose to trust God in this last year? Yes, this last year was um, a big transition year for Elise and I. Um, I came here because I got a scholarship to go to seminary at Azusa Pacific University, and I graduated this year. So sometimes graduation is more stressful than actually going through graduate school because then you have to decide what you're going to do. And um, that was kind of a, a rough spot for us because it was either go to another church and find employment or move to find jobs or stay. Um, and we had to process through that. So we decided to stay, obviously. I mean, um, but that required trusting God because my educational background, if you look at my resume, it's it really doesn't get me a job anywhere else but a normal kind of church work, youth pastor kind of thing. Um, and I didn't want to leave, but I also didn't want to see red in my bank account. So that was a, um, you know, a stressful and very real circumstance. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we had to trust God to take care of us in that regard. So um, last year in August, I was um, laid off from work, and um, uh, I had to trust God um, because the last time I was laid off, it was for nine months, and I was like, oh, no, this is, I hope this doesn't happen again. <laughs> and so um, there, was go, there, were, there were laying off people, um, but since I had helped them, like, start the company, like, start up, um, I thought I would probably be one of the last, so I didn't necessarily expect that I would be laid off. And so, um, yeah, that was where it was. Yeah. Thanks. Um, how did you become aware of your need to trust in God in this area? Um, and, and what did you do next? Yes, well, I had been applying for jobs pretty much um, nationwide at that point. I got to the point where I wanted to stay in California, and then I was so frustrated with lack of direction, I just started sending out job applications um, to different things, either coaching or ministry or whatever. Um, I was really just floundering. There's no traction. I'm sure most of you can identify, and you've been there before. Um, where you're just kind of spinning in your head. You want to pray about it, but you're really not. You're just, you're just stuck. Um, and then I got an email from a person I'd worked with at APU, and they said, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor position here in Claremont. I think you'd be a great fit. It would work for you and your family. Um, and at that point, we were struggling a lot financially, so I said, okay, I'll consider it. Uh, it got down to the wire where I was supposed to interview on uh, probably two weeks after we had our, our third and um, so I met with Matt Sprankle uh, to kind of ask him some questions about um, philosophy of youth ministry and kind of what we're doing here at CIV. Um, because I love the, the culture here, and if I was going to work somewhere else, I would hopefully bring part of that because um, I think it works and is great. Um, and Matt and I talked, and it didn't go the way um, that I had initially thought. <laughs> Matt told me, he goes, I'm probably being too much Matt Sprankle here. But I'm going to do it anyways. It might be the last time I talk to you. If you know Matt, you know what that means. Um, so he was very straight with me and asked me a lot of hard questions and eventually helped me sort through priorities and what I was looking for um, to commit my time and energy. And he made it very clear. He said, if you're going to go work at another church, um, you are going to be a horse pulling the carriage of someone else's vision and ministry. We all want to say that, oh, the pastor or the following Jesus of course, right. But they're also doing something that they've been taught and then leading forward in that regards. And if I'm going to spend my time and energy 
pulling a cart, because that's really what you do. You agree to come on staff and you work um, for the glory of God. Um, then you need to believe in that vision. And going to a church, I'm sure it's a good one, um, but that I don't know the pastor. I haven't spent time investing in that community. And then just signing on right away, it, it could be a lot of trouble. Um, working in ministry is very different. You bring your whole family. You unplug them from a culture they're committed to, and then you go. It's not like I could just take a job, and then my wife and kids really won't be affected except for my hours maybe changing. Uh, working in a church takes everybody, um, and sometimes can be very exhausting for the family. So Matt let me... Uh, or Matt helped me walk through that, um, asked a lot of hard questions, and then helped me see, like, I believe in the vision here, so why would I pull the cart somewhere else? That kind of thing. Yeah. For me, um, the morning that I got laid off, um, I decided to spend time with God before creating a public service announcement. <laughs> and so, which is normally my go-to. <laughs> and so, um, there's three verses that really popped up in my quiet time. One of them is um, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, um, and my ways are not your ways, declares the Lord. Um, Psalm 37, 5. I have been young, and now I'm old, but i never seen a righteous person abandoned or his descendants begging for food. And then um, Romans 8, 28. Um, God works all things for good. Um, <clears throat> so that was kind of the foundation for me to, to um, trust God. Um, number one, it didn't make sense to me, but it made sense to God. And so he was going to help me walk through it. Um, he was going to provide for all my needs. And then even though it didn't feel like it, um, down the line, the circumstance would work out for good. Um, and the obedience part was um, leaving my job well and respecting the, the leadership's decision. Um, also starting to look um, for a job and spend my time wisely, I was really tempted to go on a vacation. <laughs> I was like, can I just use my savings and go somewhere fun? <laughs> um, that was not an option. <laughs> and so um, the other thing was um, monitor my attitude, guard against complaining, grumbling, or um, self-condemnation, like it's my fault, what did I do wrong, or you know, any, any of those thoughts. And so um, that's really what I worked through during the process of trying to find a new job. So. Thanks, guys. Um, how have you seen, or have you seen, any blessing in your choice to trust in God through this last year? Yes, most definitely. As odd as it may seem, uh, I was coming home from my supposed interview, and my wife asked me, and there was a, I think Deborah was there in our in our um, living room. She had given us a meal because we had a newborn. So they provide meal for us. That's great. Um, and they're like, hey, how was your interview? I was like, oh, I didn't go. Um, well, I did go. I just went early and I said, hey, I, I can't interview. I'm not going to leave my church. And the pastor was like, all right, well, you got to do what you got to do. Um, so he was gracious. But, you know, at that point, there was only one full-time interview on my agenda. So coming home, telling your wife, hey, I didn't do it. And then everyone being really stoked about it um, is really kind of an ironic thing, um, <laughs> as is the kingdom of God, right? Um, yeah, so first was peace. We had peace about saying we're going to stay. And that was the first step was to anchor and say we're going to stay in California. So then if we have a kind of geographic area that God can start working in because we're going to stay put and ask him to. Um, so peace. And then shortly after that, um, I think a few days I was praying, okay, God, well, if I'm staying, how are you going to plan? How are you going to provide? What's the next step? I don't really have any ideas. Um, and I felt very... Um, very quickly that God responded and said, I'll provide for you through my people. 
It's like, okay, well, that's biblical. That makes sense. And then I just checked my email. I got an email from Ryan Brown. He forwarded me some, uh, a job opportunity for a couple here in our church um, to kind of do part-time teaching stuff. And, I mean, it wasn't full-time, but it was something. So I jumped on it. And, um, and then I didn't really have a car to get there. Uh, and Justin Kirkpatrick had asked me if I knew how to drive a stick shift. Of course, I said no. Um, <laughs> I said, are you going to uh, sell me your truck? He said, I'm going to give you my truck. Um, so then all of a sudden, I had a vehicle to go to work and leave my wife and now three kids with a vehicle to drive around and not go crazy in the house all day. Um, and then shortly after that, after I'd been bouncing around, substituting, working this uh, part-time teaching job, um, I thought I was going into what was a, just a meeting with the principal of the elementary school at Ontario Christian, and there ended up being a superintendent in there. I didn't know who he was, um, and they asked me why I wanted to be a fifth grade teacher, which I responded like, oh, I do. Um, <laughs> yes, I want to be a fifth grade teacher. Yes, I do. Um, and uh, so they offered me a position. They trusted me. I'd been coaching at the school for almost a year, so they needed somebody in network that uh, they believed in. and. It gave me that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, God provided peace and then little breadcrumbs and then a bigger opportunity and challenge of learning how to be a teacher when I wasn't really planning on that. But, um, yeah, so he's definitely provided. And, um, yeah, very grateful. That's great. Yeah, um, I got to spend time helping friends during my unemployment time, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> got to build some more um, fun relationships. And then also um, I got to spend a weekend with a college friend, and then um, God provided a new job in September. This time it was eight weeks. That was a smaller <laughs> gap there. And then, um, and then also I had enough um, savings to um, get me through my unemployment, so I was taken care of. So. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you coming up here. <clears throat> I, I wanted them to, to come up and, and share those stories with us because this is real stuff we're talking about. It's not some theory, um, but there is blessing in doing God's will. And, and they, it, it's not easy. It, it, a lot of times, you know, it comes out of, of situations or circumstances that, that aren't easy. And, and we have to respond. Are we going to trust God through all of, it, all of this? Um, but if we will, if we'll lean into God, trust in his security, he'll take care of us. And, and he'll um, help us, just like we heard from Caleb um, and Val. The, the Bible calls what they were doing and, and the hearing and the doing, it, it calls it um, walking in the Spirit. Um, this means that you're, you're choosing to, to walk in the Holy Spirit rather than the flesh. The flesh is just the old way of living. It's um, our natural bent to choose to, to go our own way, to, to do life our own way, to, to sin. But take a look at the fruit that comes out of living this way. In Galatians 5, uh, 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. That's the, the kind of things that come out of hearing and doing God's word. We heard Caleb talking about having peace when 
he just turned down the only full-time job that, that was in front of them. And having peace about that. That's the type of thing that, that, that happens when you're really walking with God. Imagine what your life would look like if you had the fruit that comes from living this way. Think about that. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those were characteristic of your life. Imagine how good your life would be. That's the good life right there. It's having those a part of your life. That would produce good family life, good friendships, good work patterns, good financial patterns, good mental health, good things in life. So let's commit to living this way in 2018. Let's commit to to holding up the mirror, hearing God's word consistently, daily. Spend time with him and then do what he says for you to do. It's as we do this that we're going to experience the blessing that comes from living this way. So as I wrap up this morning, um, the band's going to come up. Uh, on stage and and get ready to lead us in some more singing but um, there might be some ways that you want to respond personally to the message um, that we have this morning there might be some next steps there's some next steps on the back of that connection card that joel talked about um, uh, earlier during the announcements Um, here's a couple next steps that you might want to take in response to the message today first is my next step today is to have three appointments with god this week so Maybe a, a good next step is just to, to take that appoint, my appointment with God on the back and, and do that three times this week. That might be a good next step. Or another next step might be to, to do what God's word says um, by fill in the blank. Maybe there's something God spoke to you about um, that you, you realize, oh, I need, I need to do that. Or um, maybe through uh, Val or, or Caleb's stories, you might have thought, oh, I, you know what, I, I need to trust God in this. Um, maybe those are a couple of next steps um, that you want to take this morning. Maybe there's something else. Um, but let's respond to what God's telling us like we, we looked at today. Let's not just be hearers, but let's be doers of the word of God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you um, so much that you've given us uh, the Bible and the mirror that it is to us spiritually. We pray for your help that you would help us to, to read it and see um, see the ways that you want us to live um, and just help us um, to, to apply your word, not just to hear it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.